and uh, calls continue to mount for President Cyril Ramaphosa to fire his controversial Home Affairs Minister Malusi Gigaba and that of course follows the Public Protector's report which concluded that Gigaba lied under oath. You'll remember he was dragged to court to explain why the Oppenheimer family was about to receive its own private terminal at OR Tambo International Airport for uh, the company Fireblade which it owns. Uh, it didn't help that uh, a sex video showing him in a compromising situation was leaked and uh, earlier this year uh, we know that uh, that uh, simply there was there was this effort within the the ANC to try and work towards unity so a lot of dead wood was possibly kept in the uh, cabinet simply for this purpose but Manusika Gabba we know has been a serial offender there was also a question around the issue of the naturalization of the Guptas that came up and uh, he's managed to wheedle his way out of that one saying it was other junior officials who actually signed off on their naturalization where it was inappropriate so we thought we would put a question to Pepelapi Dube, a constitutional law expert, about what the president's rights are in this regard, or whether he's perhaps hamstrung by certain laws and, and constitutional requirements uh, that uh, ensure that uh, he has to go through a particular process before uh, he does anything such as, as fire Malusi Gigaba. Pepelapi Dube, good afternoon to you, and thank you so much for joining us. The public protector we know has been very clear about Malusi Gigaba lying under oath over the fireblade issue. Would that be reason enough to fire Malusi Gigaba? It certainly would be enough reason to fire Malusi Gigaba because in terms of the constitution, there's really a low bar in terms of what, um, of, in terms of the policy guidelines, in terms of how the president determines who exactly occupies office. And in terms of the constitution, they're really, uh, and it's not just the constitution, but also the executive ethics um, act, as well as the code that comes from that. So it just means that once a person is in office, they have to abide by a certain standard and arguably once that standard has been transgressed then the president has all the more reason to remove that person from office but it's ultimately a political decision and we also need to understand that members of the cabinet aren't ordinary civil servants so in the sense that there wouldn't be labor laws applying so there wouldn't even be a disciplinary procedure for example so in that regard there's a very low bar in terms of how the president either appoints individuals to that position or indeed removes them from that position. Is there a gap in our legal system, would you say, Pepelapi, that, that prevents us from ensuring we have ministers of the highest integrity serving in our cabinet? Well, it's not necessarily a gap because really in terms of the separation of powers doctrine, it's really up to the president to determine who exactly he's going to put in that office. Because obviously, if one is going to stipulate using laws and other regulations, then the president could very well be hamstrung by bureaucracy. And you obviously want a president who's able to respond timelessly to changing circumstances in that regard. But I think, of course, the Constitution assumes that the president would be appointing people of the highest caliber, people who have uh, the requisite experience and qualifications. So it's ultimately up to the president. But I'm not sure if it's necessarily a gap in the law per se. I just want to ask you about uh, the DA's case here. I mean, they're bringing this case, uh, forcing the president or giving him an ultimatum, uh, forcing him to either fire Malusi Gigaba or face legal action over keeping Gigaba in his cabinet. Is that a winnable case? 
Well, there's certainly enough precedent to suggest that the DA might have a strong case going forward because the law is quite clear in the sense that the president must always act rationally. And in this instance, the case would be, is it a rational decision to keep Malusi Kikawa in that office, given the findings of not just the public protector's office, but also the findings of the Supreme Court of Appeal? And I think if we consider cases, for example, the appointment of Menzi Simelane, where the where, where the Constitutional Court basically said that because the Fringe Journalist Commission had found him to be a liar, it was irrational to have him appointed as the head of the National Prosecuting Authority and that it was irrational. So I think on that basis alone, there's really a strong case for the DA going forward, especially given the findings of the court and the Chapter 9 institution. Thank you so much for your insight into that story. Constitutional law expert, Pepe Lapidu.